Welcome to God's Not Done With You podcast. In this season of interviews, Pastor John Metter talks with everyday people whose lives parallel some of the amazing comeback stories in the Bible. Pastor John and his guests will show us how God can take any situation in life and bring hope and victory out of hardship. This is John Metter, and welcome to the God's Not Done With You podcast. Based on the book, God's Not Done With You, we're doing a series of interviews that closely parallels the chapters of God's Not Done With You. And uh, the very first one is the story of Moses uh, in the book of Exodus. What a story it is, as Moses um, gets angry at an unjust circumstance. He strikes down the Egyptian overseer, kills him, spends the next 40 years of his life wandering on the backside of the desert until the burning bush experience. And uh, he was really a long, long way away from God. And then God called him in that burning bush to go back to the same place he had been before, back to the land of his mistakes and the land of his anger uh, and the land where he thought he was unjustly treated and God didn't intervene for him. But when he goes back, he starts what we know as the Exodus, the greatest period of Moses' life is that third 40-year period. Well, I don't know if your life is like Moses. I don't know if you're that far from God or been wandering for 40 years, but I know many of us have wandered. Many of us have been far, far from God. And uh, today, part of our podcast is my conversation with Brad Riley, who is our worship pastor at Cross City Church. And uh, so, Brad, we're talking today about Moses' life. And by the way, welcome and thank you for being part of our podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Brad, um, your story has to do with being distant from God. And matter of fact, uh, one of our first conversations, I asked you, where were you back in the year when I was called here as pastor of this church? And I'd been here for quite some time. And we were just having a conversation in the office. And your response was, well, when you were called here, I was in jail. And uh, I know that raised my eyebrows. And I know that, that uh, maybe others in the room who were serving you as your staff members probably wondered about that statement but uh, how did you become distant from God how did all that happen yeah so um, I mean I grew up in a family who was just always involved in church Um, we were always volunteering my parents were a part of the youth group in different aspects Um, I was definitely volunteering in music for worship Um, so the outward experience for people was we were a family who had it all together Um, but what was inside and at home was completely different. Um, It was a volatile space. Um, There was anger in the house. There was abuse, both both physical and verbal. Um, And so that just manifested a lot of anger in me. And that anger just led me to so many different choices that were poor, poor choices. Um, And one of those poor choices landed me in jail for about six weeks. Um, And in the middle of all of that, my parents decided to get a divorce as well. That was good, we've thought. Um, it was healthy for the family to split like that, but um, being able to admit that the family unit failed was still pretty hard and difficult. Um, at that point, it was just <clears throat> a decision to move away from the Lord, a decision to move away from church. There was hurt there um, based on some things that uh, were said to us because of our uh, being in jail, um, and that just drove me away. And so I decided I just don't need this anymore. So. Mm. Well, you know, most of the people I know that are very angry, and my own story is one of being angry, they're angry because of circumstances that happen sometimes that they didn't have much control over. 
And, uh, and they didn't understand how God could use that or how was a good God sitting on the throne when all this bad stuff happened to me. And, of course, there's nothing more important than your family and the security that comes from that. But um, what was that like, being distant from God? I mean, did that work for you? No, it did not work for me. Um, you know, you gave me these questions ahead of time. I like to prepare. You know that. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. And the only things that really can come to mind when thinking about that question is wilderness. Um, aimlessly wandering, you know, going from job to job, living from place to place with no real purpose or drive. Um, there was laziness there. It was just wilderness is what it felt like. Hmm. It's interesting that Moses was on the backside of the desert. It doesn't say he was wandering for those 40 years. He did have a home. He did have a very different job than what God had originally called him to do, but he was way out there in the wilderness, and uh, he was kind of lost from the purpose of God and the presence of God. And it's really interesting to me how God later brought him uh, to Egypt, led the people uh, out of Egypt, and then because of their disobedience, they all ended up wandering in the wilderness. So Moses had some pre-wilderness experiences and some post-wilderness experiences as well. But how do you think your season of wandering might equip you, prepare you for helping people today? Well, I, I definitely know what they're going through. Um, if they're in a wilderness, I, I can tell you signs of how the Lord may be working in your life. Um, just walking with people and understanding that they're in a process because I've been through that process is the biggest thing. Yeah, that's a big deal. And the Bible says something about we comfort others with the comfort that God gave us when we were in our affliction. And I know God ministered to you there, but one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is, what kind of things did you see God doing to bring you back? What was the catalyst for you coming back? You could still be wandering. I mean, like many are, but what brought you back? Yeah, um, there are quite a few things. I would describe my my walk away from the Lord as um, slow. Um, and just as slow as I walked away, I feel like I was slowly drawn back to the Lord um, and His will. And the biggest catalyst was, you know, I was moving from place to place, um, living with different people, and finally had nowhere else to go. And my now stepdad said, you can live with us. And uh, the only caveat was you have to go to church. And so I said, well, I need a place to live, so I guess I'm going to go to church. Um, and that just happened to be First Euless here in 2009, um, now, of course, Cross City Church. Um, and that is where I sat for a year just soaking up your teaching, your um, week after week, just listening to the Word um, as you taught it was so different um, from the other styles that I've heard before, and it impacted me in a different way. Um, and from there, it was just kind of a slow snowball effect. Um, the worship pastor at the time probably found out because of my stepdad. He was super involved in the worship ministry. Um, he came up to me and said, uh, hey, I hear you play guitar. And I said, yeah, kind of. And he said, well, you play with us now. And so I said, well, okay, sounds good. Um, and, you know, I played for a little while and got to know some people, got to know uh, some great men of God, got to know some great musicians, and a lot of those those people are still great friends of mine today, but one in particular who was also on staff here. Um, I just watched him from afar. I'm, a, I'm an observer of people, and uh, I just kind of watched his countenance and seeing how he served the church, seeing how he served his family, and I thought, 
I got to have that in my life. I need that. There's this woman I want to marry and I want to create my own family unit and I want it to be healthy. And he's modeling that for me. So I've got to learn from him. Um, and he was the one who walked me through what it means to uh, love your family like Christ loved the church, what it means to care for your children, what it means to serve and love the church faithfully um, day in and day out, week in and week out. Um, and so he was the one who walked me through a lot of that just by his own actions uh, more than anything else. And it was through him that um, he and I really worked through the calling on my life in ministry. Wow. You know, sometimes we as pastors kind of get the uh, reputation of thinking that church solves everything, that if uh, if somebody's in trouble or hurting, come to church. You know, that's a simple, simple invitation. Yeah. You've just given me about 15 reasons to keep saying that because <laughs> it's real. basically all the things that you described came through relationships and interaction with people in a church setting. Yeah. I mean, you kind of got with the people that are in the church, and it wasn't just a rigid attendance of church, it was you opened up to people who gave you counsel and who may have taught you something. That's big, big complimentary words. I appreciate everything you said there. Um, but I think it's miraculous how God does that. I mean, you know, how someone that's far from God comes in and hears and experiences and, and worships and then gets asked to do something and all of a sudden they're on a completely different track. Yeah. So kind of do a fast track of what happened from your life at that point until today as the worship leader at Cross City Church, which was First Eulis back in 2009. Yeah. Um, after we walked through uh, my calling to ministry, it was just shortly after that that he encouraged me to step out and find um, some place to lead. Um, there wasn't necessarily anything here at the church yet for, available for me to lead for, um, but there was something just down the road, and um, I became worship pastor at another church um, here locally. Um, and did that for a few years and then struck a relationship with uh, another previous worship pastor that was here and he asked me to join the staff. So I came on at First Eulis as just a worship associate, um, playing in the band, leading the band, um, and that progressed into me stepping into an interim role here when that worship pastor stepped away um, and then ultimately uh, becoming worship pastor here in 2019. Well, many people may not know this story, but uh, when you became interim here, we began a nationwide search for our eventual worship pastor, and, and everybody that we looked at, we compared to you, <laughs> and we ended up saying, wait a minute, why are we looking around the nation? There's a guy right here that God has raised up, and uh, he's part of us, he's part of our culture, and he loves to worship the Lord, and he has uh, all the skill sets necessary for that. Yeah. Brad, I've told you before that one of the greatest encouragements to me is to watch you smile when you worship. Where did that come from? Um, I mean, it's kind of like my my whole thing. It's uh, it's music is my passion, one hundred percent, and worship is the way that I show my adoration for the Lord. Um, I have so many things that I can be thankful for. I can look back over my life, and this you know compact story that you heard. There's so many different moments that the Lord has intervened and showed me what is what and where to go next, and placed people in my life and put me in situations that led to the next step. And that faithfulness and the crafting of that story, um, it's kind of hard not to worship, you know. <laughs> I get it. And if anyone were to worship here at Cross City, they would immediately see that our worship leader on the center of that stage uh, has a joy uh, and exuberance uh, and a very encouraging demeanor 
to help people worship the Lord. And if you haven't experienced it, you need to do it because God does work through his leaders in a huge way. Well, there may be people out there that are angry. They may be far from God. They may be wandering and uh, they're connecting with your message. So what advice would you give those who are far from God, who may have a long way to go, who may think that's, that's just too far? Yeah. Um, so we have two girls. Um, they're seven and nine. And we went through this phase of Frozen. If anybody out there, of course, you know what Frozen is. Um, and in the second movie, one of the sisters, Anna, she uh, sings a song about just taking the next right step. Um, and that's been so big for me. Whatever that next right step is that's been placed in front of me, Humble yourself enough, let go of that pride, and just take that step and see where the Lord leads you. That's the biggest thing. Pride was such a big factor in my life, Mm. um, and being humbled by all the experiences and and hardships that I walked through was grace for me more than anything else. So that would be my encouragement is if you're walking through something, if you feel like you're too far, if you feel like um, you're too good to, to admit your own faults, man, shed that. And just be willing to humble yourself before the Lord and take the next right step. Well, everybody listening must know that Brad's a young worship leader because how do you get from Moses to frozen in one conversation? (laughs) I don't know. But I get it. I actually get it. Taking the next right step is a really, really important part of the process of coming back. And, And I like to point out in my book that just one step is all you're responsible for. Yeah, it seems like God just helps you with that next step and that next step, and and the big deal is making the decision to take the one. And uh, so, really, what I what I get from my conversation with you here today, and what my encouragement to people will be, is just to take the one step. Somebody's going to be there with you to help you. Uh, the Lord is certainly going to be uh, inviting you back, and uh, He will be there when you start making those steps towards Him. So, Brad, you've taken those steps towards God. Did God meet you in that journey? Yes, every step of the way he met me. Wow. Yeah. So now you're leading worship here at Cross City, and, and you're married. So your wife, Kim, and you've got two precious girls. Yeah. You're listening to Frozen in your free time. <laughs> every once in a while. <laughs> um, you know, you're a new encouragement. You're a real encouragement to those that are listening to this podcast. And so I just want to say to those that might be listening today, get into the book. Get into the life of Moses and all the other lives that we write about in God's Not Done With You. You might think God is done with you, and the statement of all these characters and our worship leader, Brad Riley, is God's not done with you. So look to him, take the step, and watch him meet you there and take you the rest of the way. I hope you join us again for our next podcast. We're praying that God would use this one in your heart and the next one in others. Thank you so much. Take care.